0: I just want to read you this little story Gail sent to me. Gail, you send me some great stuff. I love the stuff you send me. You always make me cry. It's good. You know, there's no such thing as a bad cry. Ever heard anyone say, I had a bad cry? No, it's a good cry. Because when you cry, you actually release hormones that make you feel better. It's true. They're actually releasing hormones. So, have a good cry. Gail says, Amen. Amen. I do it all the time. (laughs) Listen to this story. As she stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school, she told the children an untruth. Like most teachers, Candace would know this, she looked at her students and said that she loved them all the same. However, that was impossible because there in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he did not play well with other children, that his clothes were messy, and that he he constantly needed a bath, and in addition, Teddy could be unpleasant. He got to the point where Mrs Thompson would actually take delight in marking his papers with a big, broad, red pen marking bold X's and then putting a big, fat F at the top of his papers. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's past records and she put Teddy's off until last. However, when she reviewed his file, she was in for a surprise. Teddy's first grade teacher wrote, Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his his work neatly and has good manners and is a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well liked by his classmates but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness and life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote, his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show him much interest and his home life will soon affect him if some steps aren't taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn. He doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends. And sometimes he sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem and she was ashamed of herself. She felt even worse when her students bought her Christmas presents wrapped in beautiful ribbons and bright paper, except for Teddy's. His present was clumsily wrapped in the heavy brown paper that he got from a grocery bag. Mrs. Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle that was one quarter full of perfume. But she stifled the children's laughter when she exclaimed how pretty the bracelet was, putting it on and dabbing some of the perfume on her wrist. Teddy Stoddard stayed after school that day, just long enough to say, "'Mrs. Thompson,' Today you smell just like mum used to. I'm not going to be to get through this. (laughs) Suck it up. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she quit teaching, reading, writing and arithmetic and instead she began to teach children. Mrs Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy as she worked with him and his mind just seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded, and by the end of the year, Teddy had become one of the smartest children in the class, and despite her lie that she would love all the children the same, Teddy became the teacher's pet. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy, telling her that she was the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Six years went by, before she got another note from Teddy. He then wrote that he had finished high school, third in his class, and she was still the best teacher he had in his life. Four years after that, she got another letter saying that while things had been tough at times, he'd stayed at school, had stuck it out, and would soon graduate from college with the highest of honours. He assured Mrs Thompson that she was still the best and favourite teacher that he'd ever had in his whole life. Then four more years passed and yet another letter came. This time he explained that after he got his bachelor's degree, he decided to go a little further and the letter explained that she was still the best and favourite teacher he ever had. But now his name was a little longer. The letter was signed, Theodore F Stoddard, MD. The story does not end there, you see. There was yet another letter that spring. Teddy said he had met this girl and was going to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple of years ago and that he was wondering if Mrs Thompson might agree to sit in at the wedding in a place that was usually reserved for the mother of the groom. (laughs) Okay.
1: (sighs) Of course,
0: Mrs Thompson did, and guess what? (laughs) <laughs> she stop it. She wore that bracelet, the one with the several rhinestones missing, and moreover she made sure she was wearing the perfume that Teddy remembered his mother wearing on their last Christmas together. They hugged each other and doctor Stoddard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear Thank you, Mrs Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important and showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson with tears in her eyes whispered back. She said, Teddy you have it all wrong. You were the one who taught me that I could make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. Now it says here Teddy Stoddard is in charge of the cancer wing at a hospital the same way that his mother died. When I read that I think of the church and I think of where we're supposed to live in God and where we live in God I think of how many people come near our lives come around our lives how many people like Teddy come near our lives and around our lives and we just do Christianity like she taught her class she taught arithmetic she taught you know whatever needed to be done she just went through the motions and she just did it Christianity was never meant to be something that we just did by going through the motions because when we do that, we don't help anybody. You see? And when she made that statement where she said, I decided not to teach arithmetic and whatever she said anymore, I decided to teach children. And I think in Christianity... If we can get past all the stuff and all the pretense and all the things that we should be doing, what we should look like, what we should talk like, what we should walk like, the big black Bible, the amen, hallelujah, whatever, and look into the eyes of another human being and find them. Because in every life there is a story. And in every story, there is a miracle waiting to happen. We so quickly judge when we see people like she did. When they smell a little, when they look a bit unkept, we can quickly just write them off. Hopeless case, no good. We give people one chance sometimes, and when they don't pass the test, that we have placed on their lives, then we just wipe them off. But you see, God said, "I am the same yesterday, today, and forever." He never changes, and He has never changes towards human beings and the way that He feels about them. He is in their past. He is in their now, and He is in their future. And when we choose, like this beautiful teacher did, to get involved in someone's life, to look past the stuff and find the person, to listen to the story and find the reasoning and the heart behind the way they react, act or present themselves, when we get in there, we now have this incredible opportunity to not just affect who they are now, but to affect who they were and who they have been and to affect who they will become. And sometimes when I'm feeling a little self-absorbed and the work of the ministry is hard and things happen, that get you discouraged and I sit there I think, God, what for? You know... Was it really worth? Is it really worth 14 years of our lives? Probably the, the prime of our lives. Was it really worth putting my whole family on the line? Was it really? Is it really worth it all? And then you get someone like this girl here. This one. Here. You look into the eyes of a little girl that came broken. little girl that came wrecked on life, a little girl that was out of control and you see something inside of her, you see her past, that's obvious, you see her present but you see her future. And this little girl tries as hard as she can to live the Christian life and do the best she can and every now and again she falls and she blows it. She beats herself up. She waits for me to beat her up. And I never do. Because I see her future. I see her past disappearing I see who she is now. She is a becoming. She's becoming. She's a a little boy waiting to become a doctor, waiting to make a difference. And in the middle of her journey, I can so quickly write her off. I can so quickly disqualify her This morning she led us in worship and I saw her future. And it cancels out all the mistakes because as far as I'm concerned, the worst mistake you can make is stop trying and blatantly sin and treat his grace with disdain but when you sin and you get up and you're broken and you're repentant and you have another go he will pick you up he will stand you on your feet and he'll say come on you can do it and I'm sure there were many times in this boy's life where he just felt like giving up But the influence that one teacher had on him in one short space of his life, in one year, one window of opportunity was the voice that he heard that kept him going and going and going until he made a difference. There are many people that we come into contact with that generationally, that you see the generations, you see what's being dished out to them, you can see it, And we say, it stops here. You, you can be the difference. You can be the one that changes the past. You can be the one that makes a future for your future generations. Amen? It's Dave, isn't it? Yeah, this one. Is that Adam or Dave? I get you two mixed up. Dave, okay. yeah, yeah. That's what you're doing. You know the babies that are to come, and they are coming. You are going to make a difference by the decisions you're making right now. That you will never, it will never be like it was for you. But when you hold your son in your arms, Amen. When you hold your daughter in your arms. You will be the father that you always wish that you had yourself because your father will teach you. And you are going to be the best father because I see your future, Dave. I see your future. Amen? How many of us need that? How many of us need someone to look into our eyes, say, "I, I hear your story. I know your past, I see your now and I believe in your future and like God, I'm going to treat you the same yesterday, today and forever I'm going to love you the same yesterday, today and forever because I believe in you and if we could have that kind of Christianity in the church, in the street in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, I'm sure that we would see people pouring to Jesus Christ. People don't have a problem with God, they have a problem with the church. And you know what? I've got a problem with the church. I've got a problem with the church that doesn't know how to love we're not like that, are we? We're different, you and me, us here. And I believe right across the earth, there's a people rising up that are saying this, I don't want to just teach arithmetic and English anymore. I want to teach children. There's a people that are rising up saying, I don't want to just do Christianity anymore. I want to reach love and give Christianity to people. I want to be a representation of Jesus on this earth. I want to be to them as if he is here. I want him to break me, to change me. I want to make right decisions in my life so that I might be someone who looks into the eyes of another human being and says, I know your story. I see your past. I know your now. And I am pushing you towards your future. Amen. Let's stand up in this place. Holy Spirit, come. yeah.